6: Today is Tuesday, September 8th, 2020, and here's what's coming up on Rollerbart Unfiltered. The Beginning of our, going into our third year, folks, Donald Trump has banned diversity-related trainings in federal agencies, even though much more is needed as the country grapples with systemic racism. He's just really upset at the 1619 Project. Republicans continue their attack on black female prosecutors. We'll talk with St. Louis Prosecutor Kim Gardner on how the Missouri legislature and the governor are trying to strip her of her powers. A new project has been launched to stop voter online disinformation campaigns that suppress your vote. We'll talk about one of the folks involved with that. And the two men who were shot at by a white couple while they were trying to return a U-Haul truck in Florida are here to tell us exactly what happened. And a white racist radio talk show host in Pittsburgh has been taken off the air after encouraging her listeners to shoot protesters. You'll hear what she had to say. Plus, Louisville has its first black female police chief, and the police chief in Rochester, New York, has now resigned. We have that breaking news. Plus... Crazy ass white couple verbally abuses a black man while he's working out. Seriously, y'all. And Colin Kaepernick, he may not be back in the NFL, but he's back at Madden for the first time since 2016. Plus, a new round of anti-Trump ads to show you. It is time to bring the funk on Rolling Barton Unfiltered. Let's go. He's got it.
3: Whatever the miss he's on it, whatever it is.
6: Donald Trump continues his uh, focus on white people. Yes, targeting white voters. It's real clear what he is doing. He is now banning diversity training, labeling it divisive anti-American propaganda. Propaganda. It came to Trump's attention that millions of dollars of taxpayers' money has spent funding the trainings. Well, in the two-page memorandum from the Office of Management and Budget, uh, Director Russell Vaught, the president demands that federal agencies stop using taxpayer dollars to fund these various trainings. The document stated that the sessions engendered division and resentment within the federal workforce. Let's not forget that previously, Trump said he does not believe the U.S. has a systemic Racism problem. Ah, here we go. Let's talk about with our panel, Malik Abdul, Republican strategist, Kelly Bethel, communication strategist, Mustafa Santiago Ali, Ph.D., former senior advisor for the Environmental Justice EPA. Mustafa, I'll start with you. You've worked in the federal federal, uh, government. Uh, What do you make of this? I mean, this is just the latest Donald Trump. Hey, how can I appeal to white voters so I can win in November?
5: He's just continuing to try to fan the flames of division, create chaos wherever he can, You know, it's actually, it would be laughable if there wasn't so much seriousness attached to the things that he does. I used to actually be, uh, you know, a national trainer when I was uh, in the federal government, probably about the middle part of my career. And it was amazing to see folks who many times had never really interacted with each other, coming together and being in a space where they could begin to unpack stuff and begin to dismantle, you know, some of the um, antiquated thoughts that some of them had. And if you don't have these opportunities for people to, you know, begin to really unpack uh, many of the the challenges that have been built into our system, then you're doing a disservice. He knows what he's doing. You know, the interesting thing is he doesn't also realize that he's hurting a lot of small businesses as well, because many of them are the contractors that actually conduct the trainings. Of course, many of those are contractors of color, but some are not. Um, So not only is he, you know, hurting the federal government and the journey that it's been going on to try and get it right, but he's also hurting small businesses.
6: So, Kelly, what, we, what do you make of this, again, uh, this, this targeting of diversity training, calling it anti-American propaganda?
7: It's typical Trump. That's what I think of it on its face. But what's more insidious than that is the notion that We are in a society that that these kind of trainings are not necessary or that they're not needed. Um, That couldn't be further from the truth. As we are becoming a more diverse nation, we still have these antiquated thoughts like Mustafa had alluded to regarding race and regarding our interactions with other races. And it is critical at this time to have training such as this so that we don't repeat history. Um, And just, you know, to give people just a little bit of uh, perspective with this, even as diverse as we see society today, especially like, for example, with Congress, we have applauded Congress being the most diverse uh, Congress ever. But that only means or Yeah, it only means that only, I want to say, 53 uh, members of Congress are people of color or black specifically, but there are 535 members of Congress. So that's a problem, you know, because that's not a that's not reflective of what our nation is. It's not that we only, Like in in perspective, we have a lot more people of color in this country than what is reflected in our Congress. And what is reflected in our Congress is something that is antiquated and we need to change that. And we need to change it in the federal government as well. And the fact that Trump does not want to do that, the fact that Trump is adamant about stopping that, that's a problem.
6: Uh, This is the memo right here, go to my iPad please. Um, this is the memo. And, and this is what's interesting here. Uh, they write, it, it has come to the president's attention that executive branch agencies have spent millions of taxpayer dollars to date, quote, training government workers to believe divisive anti-American propaganda. For example, according to press reports, employees across the executive branch have been required to attend trainings where they are told that, quote, virtually all white people contribute to racism, unquote, or where they are required to say that they, quote, benefit from racism, unquote. According to press reports, in some cases, these trainings have further claimed that there is racism embedded in the belief that America is the land of opportunity or the belief that the most qualified person should receive a job. Uh, Look, I'm confused here. This is a memo from the director of the Office of Management and Budget. He's citing in the second paragraph press reports. Don't you think the director of the Office of Management and Budget should actually get the details himself before you do this? That I mean, you literally are saying, oh, we read this in the paper or on television, so therefore we're not going to ban the trainings as opposed to actually finding out what the trainings actually were. This is laziness. Hold on one second. Having some audio issues, guys. Let's get the mic straight. Okay, you, okay. You need to unmute yourself. Now try again. Can hear me? I'm unmuted. Okay. All right. Keep going. You're very low. So, um, guys, can we? You're very low. No, 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 guys. We no. I'm hearing him. So I'm hearing him, but he's very low. Okay, y'all sort that out, Um, and I'm going to come back to you. That's what's crazy, Mustafa. Like, literally, they're citing press reports. They haven't even checked themselves.
5: Right. I mean, it's real simple. As you said, it is extremely lazy because all they have to do, all of the courses that run through the training that happens on the federal level, um, actually, there's not only a write-up about it, but there are evaluations that in many of them happen both before and after so that those who are going through the training will share if they find value in it. And if a training doesn't hit a certain number, then, of course, it's not going to be utilized moving forward. But when you have an administration filled with individuals uh, who have no idea about what they're doing or how to actually utilize federal dollars in a proper way um, and refuse to engage with folks, especially career employees, who would say, Here's the process. Here's the information. Now make an informed decision.
6: So, so Mel, again, could they check? Could they have checked themselves?
2: Yeah, I have a huge problem with how they decided to roll this out, especially with the memo that's referencing, essentially, press reports. I don't think that you should issue out any type of government memo that is based on press reports. So, I do definitely disagree with that. On the notion of diversity training, I think it's important for us to actually make a distinction as to what they're saying here. They're talking about specific instances where they're talking about, like, white privilege and critical race theory, and critical race theory which is ironically something that I studied while I was in college. I think that those things need to be left at a collegiate level. I don't think that the federal government needs to be in the business of doing do, do, doing training where we're talking about white privilege and critical race theory. Why? Because in that instance—well, because there's a whole— that there's a whole science, social science, whether you're talking about post-structuralism, Marxism, any of those things are dealing um, you can actually relate to critical race theory. I don't think that this I don't think that it's a problem. And as I just checked earlier, even before coming on the show, the, uh, the federal government has an office of diversity and inclusion. They're going to continue their program. And if you look at the AD organizations that have actually assisted the federal government in the training, those things will not be affected. So whether you're talking about things like race um, race and gender. Uh, sexual orientation, a lot of religion, a lot of those things as far as the federal government apparatus, they are still going on. But whatever this anonymous thing that we still don't know enough about that's referencing, that apparently is referencing things like critical race theory or white privilege, no, I don't think that the federal government's job is to do that. I think that is definitely something left up to either organizations or colleges and universities. I don't
7: think that those Theories and those uh, those pieces of curriculum are taught separately. They are typically integrated into whatever training is made available in the federal government. My understanding of this memo is that he wants those components of the trainings, um, even in within the Office of Diversity and Inclusion, the office that is responsible for you know administering these trainings, he wants those components in those trainings out. And that is what, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Roland, but that was my understanding of the memo. And if that's the case, then that's not right because even in federal government, I mean, that is a social science aspect. Uh, uh, We're talking about political science, Uh, they are in politics. This is a political
2: atmosphere. Yeah, you're definitely correct on the notion that he wants that component, and I'm glad you actually pointed that out. He wants a component of the federal government's diversity diversity training removed. That's a component, not the diversity training program that the federal government will continue to offer. So I think it is, sure, we can discuss whether or not the, it makes whether the federal government should be in the business of um, teaching things like white privilege and stuff like that. But personally, as someone who's taking these courses, who has a background in this and understanding how that and feminism and a lot of other things work, I don't think that it's. I don't think that the federal government should be in the business of that type of instruction. But oh, let's...
7: Yeah, I, I believe they do because. It, that kind of instruction is necessary to understand what's going on with the public. I'm I, like, just for a perfect example, DOJ, you know, like a lot of the cases that can come down regarding discrimination, uh, abuse, fraud, anything can stem from the, the, uh, ailments that are, uh, explained in critical race theory and feminism and the like. I mean, we're right right now, we're only talking it, about critical it, race it, theory this is, this and, is, and, and systemic racism, but, uh, it, but it, it's not disputed that there is systemic racism in the government. No, 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 so
6: no, 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 no. But see, that's the, that's the problem, Kelly. We know that. They are living in denial. They don't want any discussion. They don't want any of that. And again, the fundamental problem here is when, this is what happens when you have somebody who is in the White House who watches television all day. Donald Trump literally leads the nation based upon what he learns on Fox News and on on one America news network. That's it. That, That and Newsmax. That's what he watches. And so the fact that they are they are saying we're ending this based upon press reports, they saw it on television. That's the problem. And so these are not bright people. These are not the light. This is these are not the brightest bulb in a dark room. Okay. And so that's what you're dealing with here. You're dealing with weak people who make decisions like this. And it's just nonsense and it just, it's ridiculous. But again, this is the guy who says, Oh no, no, no. I just have too much work to watch television. No, you don't because this is how you lead. But here's the other piece. It plays into Mustafa. It plays into Donald Trump's targeting of white voters. Today, he tweeted again, oh, no, these Democrats, they're going to have a, 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 a wave of crime coming to the suburbs. Basically, he's yelling, I'm your only savior. White people, I'm the one. I'm the white guy who can save you. That's what all of this is all wrapped up into, Mustafa.
5: It's it's about trying to create black and brown fear for the country. You know, watch out for the black folks. Watch out for the brown folks. They're going to take something away from you. They're going to damage something that you have. They're going to balance out the power structure, which, of course, this is what it really always goes back to. This is, I mean, it's so ridiculous. They're so shameful. And they're so tired because they can't legislate. They can't create policy. So they try and tear everything down. We've watched it for the last four years. You haven't seen any other memos coming out about the other thousands of trainings um, that run through federal service that they could have focused on if they wanted to do an in-depth study of all the trainings that were out there and then said, well, Here are the 10 that we feel no longer have value. And here's the reasoning behind it. Here's the science behind it. Of course, they didn't do that because they have never done their job since they walked in the door, except in in trying to dismantle America and democracy.
6: Here it is. Sleepy Joe Biden has pledged to abolish suburban communities as they currently exist by reinstating Obama's radical AFFH regulation. There goes suburbia. What he's saying is, white people, I can save you, just me. Well, from
2: my perspective, it seems as if what he's focusing on is the same thing that Democrats and Republicans focus on. They focus on the suburbs. In 2018, there was a large discussion about how Donald Trump was going to fare in the suburbs you can say i guess you those that would be white people but that was white women but that is something that democrats were concerned about that's something that democrats are concerned about now what happens in the suburbs but contrary to how this is so that, that hold beaten, on so
6: you keep saying so you, you so you're saying the only message democrats have is for the suburbs
2: no i'm not saying the only message that democrats have democrats are running a message trying to get the voters that those suburban those suburban voters as we are saying that they're white women voters, but those same suburban voters that we've been talking about no. since 2016. No, these are the same voters that
6: exist. No, now. no, you're it's talking not about
2: white women. Voters. No, it's not. Now, no,
6: it's, no, it's not. It's not. It's not the same. Is not the same voters? It's not. The, real, the reality is reality is. And again, you're now seeing other mainstream media outlets finally wake the hell up. Donald Trump is making overt appeals to whiteness.
2: Well again this is the same so if you if I know that you're not going to get on here and argue that Democrats have not targeted suburban voters I know that you're not going to get Actually actually and actually, and actually actually, what I'm going to target is actually
6: what I'm going to well, actually, actually what I'm going to argue actually what I'm going to argue is that Democrats actually have a multi-racial coalition that, it, that and, and in order for them to win it requires that Republicans well, yeah, but that's, uh, well, one, one second one second Republicans have a white coalition there's a difference Republicans appeal largely to white people. Facts. That's not an opinion. Those are facts. And Donald Trump is trying to hyper-appeal to just white voters.
2: Well, see, well, then, well, there is no um, truth or fiction in this because we both have opinions. You have an opinion on what Donald Trump is focusing on. No, I'm stating actual facts. I'm haven't. i having an opinion on what Donald Trump is focusing on myself. Now, the reality is, is that in the suburbs, there are plenty of black people who live in the suburbs. We've had this discussion on your show before.
6: Depending upon the state, hold up. First of all, when you say say there are plenty of black people living, it depends on the particular state. But, right, depending upon the state... But the reality is he ain't talking about us. But see, but but again,
2: that's your opinion role. And I'm fine with you having that opinion. I have a different opinion, but I'm not going to sit and be, um, belittle your point because you feel as if he's talking about white people. The reality is, is that the Republican Party across the board, even before I decided to become a Republican, the Republican Party has been associated with white people in the same way that 90 percent of black people vote Democrat and Democrat and black people are associated with night with um, d- Democrats. It does doesn't matter which election cycle it is, when you have 90 percent of people voting for one party, sure, you can say that, well, Democrats are only trying to target Black people. Well, no, they're not. They actually have a much larger coalition, and I believe that the Republican Party has a much larger coalition than just white people. I'm not white. I know many people just like me who are not white, and we are supportive of the Republican Party, and some, not all, and some are actually supportive of Donald Trump.
6: Well, bottom line is this here. Uh, look, his numbers are coming from white people. That's where that's where they're coming from, and so we certainly uh, shall see what happens. Folks, We want to talk about how uh, govern. Let's talk about what's happening in the state of Missouri. Kim Gardner has been under vicious attack since she became the circuit attorney in St. Louis. Vicious attacks. They tried to undercut her from day one. When she when her unit discovered that there's, there's an African-American who likely did not commit a crime, they sued her saying, oh, you don't even have jurisdiction to bring this to court. They I mean, just constant barrage. Okay. So they recently had a primary. She wins, crushes her opposition. But then guess what happens? They then turn around in the legislature and try to strip her of her powers. They, Senator Bob Onder believes that Governor Mike Parson should have the right to remove Gartner from office if he wants to and replace her with the prosecutor of his choice. Under proposed a bill that gets rid of the residency requirement for St. Louis police officers and lowers the age for adult certification for armed criminal action to 14 years old, as if Gardner cannot execute her job. Well, Governor Parsons said he plans to unleash Republican Attorney General Eric Schmidt on criminal cases in the city. He gives Schmidt permission to prosecute cases if 90 or more days have passed. Now, of course, Gardner is the first black person elected as city prosecutor. She joins us right now. I mean, th- this is this is y- y- you 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 campaign 60% or more of the vote, you win the primary. You're going to win the general election. Now they're trying to use their power in the legislature to now strip you of the power. You are a duly elected prosecutor from the citizens of St. Louis, and these largely white Republicans are saying damn that, we are not gonna let her do her job.
8: Well, thank you, Roland, thank you for having me, and that's uh, correct. It's, um, the people overwhelmingly elected me in August 4th to be the elected prosecuting attorney in our jurisdiction, and the Republican Party has decided, um, led by President Donald Trump, Senator Josh Hawley, Attorney General Eric Schmidt, as well as Governor Mike Parsons, that they were going to, use this opportunity to take the elected prosecutor who and usurp the will of the people by voter suppression to feed into this line of attacks that you see with African-American female prosecutors around the country that now they're saying, we're, we don't want them to be elected, so now we're going to take their prosecutorial discretion, which prosecutors have had for over 140-plus years in my position. And why is it different? and this, is, this legislation is dangerous. This legislation is uh, targeting me only. We have 114 other prosecuting attorney offices in around the state of Missouri, and I'm the only one this bill targets. It unfairly gives the investigative uh, agency, the police department, the ability to usurp my power, the elected prosecutor, to call in the attorney general. That's never been done. They're using this as a violent crime initiative that they're pushing as a false uh, narrative that, you know, most violent crime in our city is unsolved because lack of witness and victim participation. They also fail to realize that a murder case cannot be investigated within 90 days. Most uh, murder cases are unsolved um, for many years. There's no statute of limitations on murder. So they give a 90-day window, which is uh, unrealistic. And they're using this same narrative that you see across this country where they're injecting themselves to say that we are the cause of violent crime. And that's simply not true. And this, that's the problem. So,
6: (laughs) so you're saying out of the 114 prosecutors in the entire state, nobody else has been targeted, but you, how many other prosecutors in Missouri are black?
8: Um, To the best of my knowledge is me and Mr. Wesley Bell in
6: the, St. Louis County. I'm in St. Louis City. So you're in St. Louis City. Wesley Bill is in St. Louis County. And the only—so you're the only two blacks in the entire state, but they're targeting you.
8: Yes. And this bill by the sponsor, like you said, uh, Senator Onder, specifically said this bill was about Kim Gardner. And that's where the attacks on African-American reform-minded female prosecutors are different, even for our male counterparts. This bill is, is, is said to be the Kim Gardner bill, and that's how it's being pushed. The legislative intent is for Kim Gardner. And as we know, um, this is also from the, the attacks of President Trump, who decided to use this, as well as the governor. They're using this around the country to attack reform-minded prosecutors. Even the, uh, William Barr said this, is because they're going to, we're causing lawlessness. And that's the farce of the, the, a lie that they're perpetuating because they have no other platform but to run off of fear and misinformation. And that's been uh, led and championed by Missouri governor, Attorney General Eric Schmidt, as well as, and both of them are unelected, by the way, and also have a November election like me. I'm I'm also running in the general election, November 3rd. And so they're unelected. So this is their platform to say that they're going to take care of the violent crime in the city of St. Louis by um, silencing the will of the people. But it's interesting. They never address the reasons, the root causes of what drives individuals in the criminal justice system. When um, I was a former legislator and I was there when uh, now Governor Parson was a senator, as well as now Attorney General Eric Schmidt was a senator, and they took the vote to gut our gun law to enact stand your ground and basically did away with getting, uh, putting restrictions on access to guns. And also in this legislation, they also lowered the aid to actually give a gun to, people, to to young kids under the age of 14 in this, in this legislation, but they want to talk about tough on crime. They actually get access to, to social services. that also help drive or to eradicate people going to the criminal justice system and they actually defunded more than any other governor um, education in our state. So they are called, they, they have created the perfect form of hopelessness in terms of their bad policies, but they want to blame it on the First African American female reform-minded prosecutor in the city of St. Louis, and that's
6: a problem. Um, the, and and again, this is what happens. This these are Republicans, these are white Republicans in Missouri who is they're trying to keep a, a duly elected black prosecutor, black people from doing her job. It is the same crap. That white governor, Republican Larry Hogan in Maryland did to, uh, did to Marilyn Mosby. All of a sudden, telling the Democratic Attorney General, take over these cases, as if she can't do her job.
8: And I agree. And that's where these attacks that you look at um, African American Reform Prosecutors, like you said, Maryland, um, look at Kim Fox, look at Aramis Ayala that in Florida, how they took over um, the Attorney General, the governor uh, took over her cases because of her stance on issues with the death penalty. And there's many other examples of how this is the trend. And that's why this is, we have to say enough is enough, because when you take away the discretion of a local elected prosecutor, that people elected you, you're accountable to the people. And you're elected every four years. And so when you're silencing the will of the people, that shows me that you don't care about the people of the city of St. Louis. Because I I wasn't just uh, voted back in. I was overwhelmingly voted as a, as a testament to the people saying we want reform, we want this vision of moving this this community forward, and we want to we want this prosecutor to do that work. And why is the Republican Party so eager to silence the will of the people in the in the city of St. Louis? That's a problem. Voter suppression all day.
6: Kim Gardner, we certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much.
8: Thank you so
2: much for having me, Roland. Thank you very much. You
6: keep keep fighting. You. Keep fighting. Thanks Thank a lot. Bye bye. Mellet, what the hell's up with your party?
2: I'm not sure. Actually, I, was, I thought you were going to ask her. What, why did she think that the other black um, attorney general? Why wasn't he?
6: No, right? no, he's not. He's not. First of all, uh, so so let me help you out. I'm sorry, so, not, not attorney. No, general. no, all right. So let me help you. Let me help you out. First of all, uh, Kim Gardner was elected in the city of St. Louis. Wesley Bell okay. elected in the county of St. Louis. When Wesley Bell became, when he when he beat uh, beat Bob McCullough, all of the white, all of those white assistant district attorneys who had never before. Uh, joined a union, all in mass chose to join the police union when he all of a sudden becomes uh, the DA. And so th- th- there have been efforts there by white folks in Missouri to actually impact both Kim Gardner as well as, uh, as well as Wesley Bell. The difference here is if you look at the history here, and we've had Kim on this show multiple times. In the case where she her unit uh, said that this black man did not commit this crime and should be freed. They are still blocking that black man from being released from prison. They do not even want the evidence to be presented. They took her to court saying she didn't have the jurisdiction uh, to fight. They tried to come at her uh, even with uh, basic stuff in the city. She had to sue. She won about her jurisdiction as well. This is a hatred of Kim Gardner because she refuses to bow down to white power in St. Louis. And the reality is, St. Louis is the biggest city in the state, and therefore they want to keep control.
2: Yeah, so that really didn't answer why is it that, because if we're going to make this a race thing, um, then you have to ask, why didn't they go after the black um, because prosecutor? Because she's well. actually
6: been elected longer. And again, if you actually do the research on the story, there are, okay. no, I told you, there are other issues. It, goes, she, it, go, it not, goes beyond just this one thing. They have come after her because, she. So again, she's the city prosecuted, meaning over the city of St. Louis, he's county. So he only impacts the places outside of St. Louis, the counties that surround he's St. Louis County. And so she's the DA of the largest city in the state. That's why.
2: Okay. Well, I was trying to really dig into the racial component. I have a problem because with she them.
6: controls it.
2: She's the DA. Uh, okay. Well, Again, that really doesn't clarify to me why they didn't go after. If, if we're going to make this a race issue, because then she we have also, to talk about other she also, instances. Because
6: she, she also went after the Republican governor who was taking pictures of the woman he was cheating with, and they didn't like the fact that she did that as well.
2: Maybe, maybe not, but that sounds like a problem with Kim
6: Gardner as opposed to Kim Gardner being
2: black. Again, that's what I was trying to focus okay. on. All right. where, what, that, well, I mean, we're rolling. Where you interrupted me the entire time, so I no, really didn't ahead. have much I to mean, say about no, no, it. But like, my point is, is that my, 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 is my point... Like, that's not good enough. Okay, go ahead, go no. ahead. Well, it's go not ahead. a matter of it's not being good enough. You're, I was asking you, and you didn't, and apparently actually, you didn't actually, have an answer, actually, and you I didn't think answer, to answer but go her. Go ahead. But you didn't think to, but you didn't think to answer, um, to ask her that question. Is is that if it's I, an I, actually, issue Actually, actually,
6: because why again, did, did I guess they, you missed the part. Hold okay. on one well, second. Hold on. Let me well, say it again. No, I can't, excuse me. I can't say excuse anything me. If you're no, just no, 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 no. When you say, "Oh, you didn't ask her," you missed the part when I said we have had. How many black
9: was I, I, I was on the same we job. have
6: said we I've said we have had Kim Gardner on this show multiple times in the last two years because of how Republicans in Missouri have been targeting her since she has been St. Louis Circuit Attorney. Now go ahead.
2: Well, that very well could be because, as you said, and as we've talked about on the show before, this notion of going after these reform-minded prosecutors. But that's not the same as going after her, per her suggestion, because she's black and because she's a woman. Maybe that could be the case, but I imagine that it's probably because of whatever efforts that she's taking, the governor and whoever else, they don't like those type of reforms that she's doing. But that's not isolated to a race issue. So that's what I was trying to get at. If we're going to make this a race issue, Let's understand what it is that we're talking about. I I agree with you very well. They could not like her reform-minded perspective on um, prosecutors. That's, I mean, that's valid for her to have a problem with. And it's not something that I I don't think that government should be doing at all. But again, that's separate from the race issue.
6: Uh, Kelly, they going after this black woman. White Republicans in Missouri going after this black woman. Go ahead.
7: Yes, they are. Um, I understand Malik's point regarding, you know, there are other things that could be the case, but if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's a duck. And right now, it's instead of it being a duck, it's racism. And that has been clear throughout the entire tenure of her career in, in this capacity. And these predominantly white men, um, also Republican, you know, attacking her for, you know, a multitude of reasons. I am actually more concerned about the fact, let's just say, you know, for Malik's sake, that it's not about her being a black woman. It's still highly unconstitutional, according to what I've read, according to what she just said, is happening to her in this jurisdiction. Because what's happening right now is, if everything is correct that we're listening to right now, what's happening right now is the... Uh, Missouri legislator, legislature is has come up with a bill of attainder, which is literally legislation that is targeting a specific person or group of people. Now, if this legislation is true and it's only affecting her and they're literally calling it the Ken Gardner bill, by default is unconstitutional and it shouldn't be uh, in, in, in place at all. And it shouldn't be... Uh, able to be pursued or enacted because just by us you know being governed under the Constitution it is unconstitutional race aside so whether she's black it's because she's a black woman or whether it's because they literally are calling this her name bill uh, either way it's wrong um, but no I definitely agree with you that it's a it's predominantly because she is a black woman but again, just in case it's not, they're still in the
6: wrong by targeting her and this legislation. It's amazing. It's amazing, uh, Mustafa. Um, you just don't quite have this happening with white prosecutors. But all of a sudden, it's stripping her power, saying she couldn't pursue a case was trying to free a man from prison. I mean, we can go on and on and on. I mean, again, if you if you Google, you know, her efforts, Kim Gardner and Missouri Republicans. I mean, it has been a constant. Barrage. They are, in essence, harassing her to keep her from doing her job.
5: Exactly. So, there's 114 folks in Missouri who hold the same position she does, but yet she's the only one that's being singled out. Then there must be, um, you know, a a racial component to it. Now, maybe that's not enough. So, for Malik and, and, and others, let's let's use some logic here. So we know that St. Louis is primarily or has a very large African-American population. Those folks chose her to be in the position that she's in. So that must mean that the Missouri legislators felt that these folks are not educated enough to utilize their vote to choose someone to best represent them. So I'm not sure how anyone could not see that there is a racialized component to this considering you are now telling a black city that your choices don't have value and that we are going to use our privilege and power to make decisions for you?
6: The Republicans cannot explain. They can't explain what uh, they're doing. They can't. They can't. They they just simply can't. I mean, it's been one after another. I mean, she has sued. She has had to sue and get a, get a judgment saying, no, she doesn't have the power to run her office the way she sees fit. Then when she tried to create this integrity union that goes back and looks at cases to ensure folks are found guilty, she finds overwhelming evidence that the brother didn't commit a crime. They tell her, "No, he's staying in prison. You, you ain't you, you. You don't even have jurisdiction with this. It's just it's this this constant, this constant. They poured massive amounts of money into super PACs, trying to get her to lose. She wins 60% of the vote. Ah, uh, still not good enough uh, for them. And 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 here's a so here's a piece here. Uh, St. Louis is not majority black city. Uh, what, what you're dealing with. Um, Uh, dealing with there is that really African-Americans make up 45% of the city. Whites make up 44%. What you're dealing with is this is the power struggle. This is the same thing we talked about was happening in Portsmouth, Virginia. This is the same thing is happening in other cities across the country where African-Americans are flexing their political muscle. And then there are those who say, ah, we want you just to stay in your place. That's uh, what is going on. All right, folks, got to go to break. We come back. We're going to talk digital voter suppression speaking of what republicans are also leading on uh, we'll talk about that next on roland martin unfiltered
10: hi my name is ava duvernay i'm a filmmaker and you have just one vote use it
6: your 2020 census and include everyone who lived with you as of april 1st kids uncles anyone they don't even have to be family now remember This count helps inform where billions in federal funding goes each year. So shape your future and start here at 2020census.gov. All right, y'all, let's talk digital voter suppression. That is stop online violence against women has announced the launch of a new stop digital voter suppression project to ensure American votes will not be suppressed by online disinformation campaigns. The new project, endorsed by the National Coalition on Black Civic Participation, Black Women's Roundtable, MoveOn.org, and others, will focus on messages that use digital media to suppress the votes of targeted communities through disinformation originating from foreign or domestic sources. Joining me now is uh, to talk about this is social media analyst and diversity strategist, Shereen Mitchell. Shereen, glad to have you back on the show. So, uh, so folks you, who, who, who don't understand, you know, what is it that y'all are seeing when it comes to, uh, again, in 2020, which we saw in 2016, this effort to suppress our votes uh, on digital side?
11: So we've, we've already seen, I think there was a report that came out last week that basically said that there's still Russian actors and other actors pretending to be black activists black you know black people to basically suppress the vote we you know we put out the first report that said this in 20, uh, 2018 basically documenting what the 3500 ads that came from Russia were about. Um, and basically said that they were using black culture, black identity to basically suppress the vote. And so not only have we seen this now in 2020, but we, this has been going on for the last four years with, with very little that has been um, done about it. And, and we, we've been having issues with it. So we've been looking at different versions of this, but also what we're doing with our campaign is to basically say, here are the things that everyone else can do to basically stop digital voter suppression. You should be able to be a part of this to stop this. Because we're not having the government do that, and we have problems um, in, in terms of people even identifying what, what the impact is of digital voter suppression is. So, what, are we, what have you been seeing this year, and, and how is it ramping up? Yeah, so this year, similar to 2016, um, the campaign's about both the same, which is a Russian um, campaign, basically saying both the Democrats and the Republicans are the same, so don't vote top of the ticket, vote down ballot. Uh, those are consistent stories and uh, aspects that we've been seeing and, and things that have not changed. So I think everyone should sort of take a little pause when they see commentary like that. Um, the other is basically this this conversation that happened about Michigan. You and I had this conversation before on here about—at least twice on here—about the way in which people made it to the polls with all the barriers that they have to get to vote. Um, they got to the polls, and they still didn't vote uh, top of the ticket, but they vote completely down ballot. And in Michigan alone, um, you know, he— you know, uh, 90K people did not vote top of the ticket, and he won that one state by by 11K, and he won uh, overall by uh, 77K. So we know that there's an impact, and what we're trying to say is that we're gonna do our best to make sure that people are aware of it and to try to stop that. And that looks very different across the board because we're seeing not only foreign actors participate in this, but domestic ap- actors. And that means that even politicians and other campaigns are participating in this. We tracked this in 20 um, in 2020 in South Carolina. For example, they were using COVID to try to um, in, in, on online uh, targeting of, of black elders to try to keep them not keep them from coming out to vote, and that is something that we saw on on in, in a domestic campaign in terms of like um, a progressive campaign for, as in addition to um, foreign actors as well as the opposing campaigns. So these are the kinds of things that we need to worry about. COVID is no, a number one. And, and, and a new version of this targeted—the reason why that they're targeting COVID is because it disproportionately impacts Black and brown people, i.e. they're the ones that change the vote, i.e. this is what's going on in terms of what's going on about where the vote, how the vote, and the disinformation we're seeing about the, the post office and other aspects of it. So so in 2020, what we're seeing a little bit different is the way COVID is being used and also the way that vote-by-mail um, vote is being used.
6: Um questions um kelly i'll start with you for shereen mitchell
11: sure so given
7: that it is incredibly difficult to not only keep track but to to root out this this corruption what can we as as prospective voters do to basically not be swayed or uh help our families and other voters to not be swayed by by these tactics are there is there anything we can do.
11: No yeah I, I do believe 100% sure we should be looking at counter narratives and ways in which people should get the right information. So some of the things that we worry about from 2016 is when people are given the wrong information about where to vote and how to vote. And so this COVID aspect and the and the vote and, and the vote by mail aspects are really key pieces. So we've been telling people please go to your you know secretary of state websites and get the real information about how you can vote, when you can vote, how early you can vote, and of course in this moment we're telling everyone to vote early. Um, um, we're not, you know, we're also making sure that people understand that 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 if they have to go in to vote, that that is safe. If they if they have all the information that they need about what safety means in in, in this environment, there are states like Texas, unfortunately, that are making it very difficult because they're basically telling people if they come in to vote, i.e., because you can't vote by mail, that you have to take your mask off for identity purposes, and that's one of the states that's very problematic in the work that we're trying to uh, to do and to deal with. But but on a state by State basis, many states are actually doing the work necessary to basically make it possible for people to come show up to vote and also to vote by mail. So what I say to people is please check with your secretary of states and make sure you know what um, what your options are, but also if your secretaries, secretaries of state are being barriers to basically say we need, we need some changes here for those who need to vote in a certain way that can't.
6: All right. Uh, Mustafa.
11: So um, Roland
5: had shared the, the coalition um, that that's a part of this. Is there space for other organizations to be supportive as well? And, and hopefully there is a vetting process also even for those.
11: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So we've been working with groups on the ground that have been doing this work for a couple of years. So we we didn't just start this with this one campaign in this moment. What we're doing with this campaign is we're basically saying all the partners that we've worked with before, please continue to join us. Uh, yes, absolutely. We want more partners. We have a, a link on our website that allows more partners to join, to sign up with us. Um, but but yes, we are vetting those, those organizations as well. So the, the, the key ones that we still are talking to and working with are, of course, the ones you know have been doing this work, um, which is like Leadership Conference for Civil Rights. Rights, um, lawyers committee. Uh, these are people who have been doing this work for a while and understand the digital voice suppression side of this. So we are continuing to expand who understands this portion of it and working with them. Mellet.
6: All right, something wrong with your microphone again. Uh, guys, what's going on? Uh <laughs> let's get let's get that fixed. Um uh, so, so, yeah, so Shireen,
11: I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll just I'll just add that part of the projects that people understand is that we're asking individuals to help as well. So as as you're talking to your family members and others, if you identify some of the digital vote suppression, basically send that to us, re- report that to us so we can make sure that we're tracking what you're seeing on the ground in your states. We're definitely looking at key states like Michigan, uh, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. These are big states that were impacted with uh, digital vote suppression as well as you know on the ground vote suppression uh, in 2016. So we just saw Georgia just again purge another 200k votes. Remember that Wisconsin purged like a million voters off the, off the rolls in, in, in 2016. So we're looking at those things as well, but we're also wanting to make sure people understand what they need to do and what they can do. One of the things they can do is report to us about what's happening on the ground but also what's happening. Um, in, in terms of what they see online, that's that's possible disinformation. Malik? wrong polling places, wrong um, wrong um, dates for for voting, wrong timelines to stand in line. All
6: right, uh, Malik, question.
2: Yeah, so I just wondered, um, how are you all viewing? Because there has been a lot of focus on Russia, but we know at least that at least since two thousand eighteen, there our um, federal government apparatus have actually talked about things like China. And so we do know that there are distinctions between um, interfering in our election infrastructure, so such as like voting machines and voter registration and things like that. But you have these agents like China who are um, seems to be focused on our um, information, a lot of our PII, our personal identity. Um, identifying information. I think that's maybe what it is. But how are you all looking at possible actors like China and ensuring that we're not just focused on Russia, but the whole panoply of actors, Iran, China, and others, to ensure that people are mindful of that, too? And I say that because I'm wondering if so much focus on Russia that no one pays attention to what's going with these other actors who've been trying to interfere in our elections for years now.
11: Yeah, so uh, yeah, thank you for saying that. So the reason the reason why we say foreign actors and domestic actors, because we are including any kind of foreign state actors that are participating in the same kind of thing. So there are—what I want you to understand is that even though we know Russia, it, it, we have the evidence of Russia, we also know that other countries have decided to use the same tactics. But be clear, so have domestic actors. They, they're literally using some of the same tactics from 2016 that Russia used. So we're looking at this pattern across the board. We're looking at domestic and we're looking at foreign. So we want people to understand is that as much as we we realize that, that most people think Russia, 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 we're not saying just Russia, Russia, Russia. We're saying it's across the board, foreign actors and domestic actors. But we want people to also understand that domestic actors are part, participating in this. This includes people you know. This includes current politicians running for office. This includes other uh, entities that we also need to be paying attention to as well who've taken on some of these behaviors. But ultimately, yes, we are we are looking across the board the foreign actors in, in anything that they do in terms of the interference. However, the IP part, which is what you're talking about, has to do with intellectual property. And intellectual property is a little bit different um, in terms of privacy and the like. We want to make sure that those things don't... Um, don't uh, become problematic in some of these instances. Um, in the sense of what I think you're moving into is sort of like, can the can the, can the voting machines be hacked? Um, we're still working on what that looks like. Uh, across the board in terms of that. We still haven't figured that out. We do know in 2016, some of our voting rolls were sort of skimmed through to see how, you know, who's on the list and who's not. We know that those are things that we have to worry about as well in terms of digital voter suppression, but also we have to worry about what's happening on the ground when people are being purged from those lists and, and from those rolls. So there's uh, a combination of things that we're looking at across the board.
6: All right, Shereen, I certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Uh, where can people get more information? Where can they go?
11: Absolutely. You can go on our website, s t o p o n l i n e v a w S-T-O-P-O-N-L-I-N-E-V-A-W.com. And you can sign up with our program and help us so they get the word out. I really appreciate you having me online um, with you, uh, Roland. All right, Shereen, thanks a lot. All right, folks,
6: Colin Kaepernick finally returns to football. Well, to Madden for the first time since the 2016 season. Though he remains unsigned by an NFL team, he makes his virtual NFL comeback as the top free agent quarterback in Madden 21. He has an an 81 overall rating. His rating places him among the elite quarterbacks in Madden 21 and in the top 15 of the video game's 111 total quarterbacks. EA Sports released the following statement. Colin Kaepernick is one of the top free agents in football and a starting caliber quarterback. The team at EA Sports along with – do you all have the statement, please? Yeah. Okay. We should have the statement. Uh, so let me. Uh, I, I want want to pull it up so y'all can see uh, the actual statement. Um, the and this is important, folks, uh, because it's interesting. You know, the NFL is running around talking about uh, how uh, they're going to put uh, you know in racism in in the end zone, all kinds of stuff along those lines. Uh, and this this was the tweet that they actually posted. Uh, Matt, go to my iPad, please. Uh, it was a uh, Matt NFL twenty one. Welcome back, Cap. Uh, and this is the statement. Colin Kaepernick is one of the top freedoms in football and a starting caliber quarterback. The team at EA Sports, along with millions of Madden NFL fans, want to see him back in our game. We've had a long relationship with Colin through Madden NFL and worked through our past soundtrack mistakes. Knowing that our EA Sports experiences are platforms for players to create, we want to make Madden NFL a place that reflects Colin's position and talent, rates him as a starting quarterback, and empowers our fans to express their hopes for the future of football. We've worked with Colin to make this possible, and we're excited to bring it all all of you today. Starting today in Madden NFL 21, fans can put Colin Kaepernick at the helm of any NFL team in franchise mode as well as play with him in play now. We look forward to seeing Colin on Madden NFL teams everywhere. Um, kind of basic here, Kelly, that you have an NFL player, a guy who should be the NFL, clearly still one of the best and for all of this talk, the NFL is about, oh, social justice and Roger Goodell saying, I wish we had listened to Colin Kaepernick. Let's just be clear. There are 32 NFL owners who are saying we are going to continue to whiteball this man because he dared to actually take a knee and speak up for social justice. They are making an example out of Colin Kaepernick
7: and they have been for the past what 4 years now and it's really unfortunate because we have clearly seen a shift in in the society's uh, perspective as to what's going on specifically when it comes to the Black Lives Matter movement um, but even more specifically when it came when it comes to what kneeling actually means it is clear and it has been reiterated time and time again that the kneeling was actually inspired by a veteran who is a war hero. And the fact that we are still in a space that tries to dispute that is just incredibly ignorant in general. Um, And the fact that the NFL still ascribes to that ignorance after everything that we've been talking about, after everything that's gone on for the past four years, it is incredibly unfortunate that you are literally wasting someone's prime years just so that you can keep egg off your face, but ironically, you're getting egg on your face anyway by not having him on somebody's team. There are plenty of teams out there who need a Colin Kaepernick. There are plenty of teams out there who who need a quarterback in general, and he is elite. And that's even more surprising that after four years of being white-balled, he still on paper, one of the best quarterbacks that we have in the league should he actually re-enter. So the NFL just really needs to get their act together and 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 find a team for this man because he is still capable of getting a championship for whatever team right. that he decides to join.
6: Uh, it, this, this real the basic Malik. I mean, bottom line is he's he's being whiteballed. The NFL owners are making it clear. Uh, we do not want him on the show, no matter what y'all have to say. They want him on the field. Uh, talent is there. It's all clear. And thankfully, the Madden people have enough damn sense uh, to actually uh, put him back in the game. But this is just stupid. And, and for the NFL, anything that they say about social justice is a complete waste of breath if you want to put in racism in the end zone or whatever crap they're going to start doing when the season starts.
2: So I, uh, the, the, this saga, I'm actually ready for it to end. So the NFL, Madden, all of these, I consider a lot of this stuff just a lot of virtue signaling. Having him, having him on a Madden roster, putting whatever in the end zone, and um, Goodell coming out saying that he wishes, he, uh, either get a team to get a team to hire him or not. Because it seems like every few months there's another there's another element to the to the Colin but, but Malik,
6: who's going to get a team to hire him? This is the people to understand. Roger Goodell does not control the owners; he works for the owners. The owners run and control the league. These thirty-two owners. There's no doubt in my mind. There's collusion here. All thirty-two have said. In fact, Pro Football Talk ha, put a tweet up uh, and uh, uh, like. It leaked, oh, multiple teams were interested in Colin Kaepernick. His agent heard from nobody. That was another lie that was floated out there. These are 32 owners who have clearly gotten together and said, nah, damn that. We're going to sign some bums. We ain't going to sign him.
2: It seems, it seems perfectly um, uh, clear that they definitely don't want Colin playing. Sure, there are other players who continue to kneel, other players who do that now involved in social justice issue. Unfortunately, Colin really is that martyr. martyr. He's not going to play again. And I just think this toying every few months about what we're going to do with Colin Kaepernick. He hasn't played in four years. The fact is, is that Colin Kaepernick will probably never play in the NFL again. He was the martyr, and unfortunately, when you're a martyr, you probably you don't get a lot of second chances. And Colin is not going to get one. I don't, as you said, that it's not Goodell's, it's not his um, job, or it's not within his authority to get a team to pick Colin up. But a team is not going to pick Colin up, and I just I want us to stop getting amped every time the discussion of Colin Kaepernick comes up. No, no, He's
12: no, no,
6: trying- no, 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 no. Let me be clear. We're, we're not getting amped. or oh, our hopes are getting up. Mustafa, what we're doing is we're pointing out the hypocrisy. That's what we're doing. And I believe we should be doing that. First of all, let, let's keep something in mind here, Malik. Four years, he's been out of the NFL. They kept Ali out longer when he was fighting uh, for his license in the courts, okay, to resume his boxing career. He was out more than four years. The reason we should continue. First of all, the NFL is stupid. Because, see, this is how simple this is. This is real simple. One NFL team could have actually signed Colin Kaepernick, brought him into their training camp. And if you know what? If he didn't cut it on the field, they can cut him. And you know what, Mustafa? It would have been, hey, we gave him a shot. no, 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 no. What they're afraid of is him actually coming in and competing. And now it's like, oh, dang, do we have to give him a job? We see what's going on here. The NFL, 32 billionaire owners, all white except one, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. They, Their deal, and they've gotten together and said, you, you cool, you cool, you cool. None of us are going to sign him.
5: He's too powerful. He's a symbol. He's a symbol for change. He also is a reflection of the systemic racism that still exists in our country. And when they don't want to have to look into that mirror, they will allow Cap. And I have a huge amount of respect for Cap, everything that he's been able to accomplish. And, you know, even with all these challenges that were going on. But the reality is that it's okay for him in a virtual world to be represented by a team. But in a real-world situation, they cannot allow that to happen because of what he stood for, the attention that he brought. And as you said, let's say he makes the team and he lives up to the, you know, incredible ability that we all know that he still has. So now he becomes even more powerful. So if he becomes more powerful, how do you control if he continues to highlight injustices that are going on in the NBA They see how strong LeBron is, and even though LeBron is surrounded by other brothers who are willing to stand up, imagine if you had someone in the NFL that powerful who can actually then translate that power into the changes that actually have to happen. That's why they don't want uh, Cap to be in the game, not only utilizing his talent on the field, but also his ability to frame the direction that they need to go into and that our country has to go into.
6: But here's the deal here. Um uh and uh, go to my iPad please. Uh Colin sent me this jersey. Uh that's the uh now you know the previous Kaepernick jerseys uh were they were uh, black jerseys uh w- and the number was white. Now this jersey, the black is black the, the seven is black and cap on his back uh, Kaepernick on his, on the back is black as well. And so look, I, I think I think it's a great. I think it's a great um I think it's a great thing. And uh I look we're gonna keep putting pressure on him, but Calling them out for what they do. So all this other window dressing, nah, means nothing. Means nothing. We know what's going on here, and that is the owners, the ones who truly control the NFL. So, want to impact them? And there are going to be people who are going to just stop watching and no longer watch, buying products or whatever. Uh, I still think uh, what really, what really would have been more effective, had there been a truly organized boycott. It was too disjointed. No one really took control of it. Had that happened... It could have been impacted, but, and so it goes. All right, folks, let's talk about the craziness in Florida. As two black men were returning a U-Haul truck at a Tallahassee, Florida strip mall, a white couple started shooting. Charles McMillan told his 10-year-old son and another passenger to take cover. As the white couple approached with guns in their hands, McMillan sped off. There were no injuries from the encounter. Charles McMillan, Kendrick Clemens, and their attorney, Charles uh, G., join us right now. Gentlemen, glad to, ha- glad to have y'all on the show. Um this had to have been scary as hell. you just trying to return a U-Haul truck.
1: Yeah, uh, we were just returning a U-Haul truck, dropping it off, and uh, we took the time to just clean the truck out, you know, get some trash out of it, different things that was going on, and uh, we actually was looking for a trash can walk through the parking lot, and once we got it secured, uh, Charles backed it in and got in the truck, and he was like, I'm just gonna log in the Miles and the gas. You know, you have to do that on the U-Haul app, so, as he's doing that, uh, we're just sitting there, and all of a sudden, pow, shot goes off.
6: So, and so this couple, were they working at the U-Haul place? Were they just there? Like, where do they come from?
12: Well, well, from our understanding, this couple actually owns the strip mall. And from the reports of what they said, is that they had... Reports of death are people siphoning gas from U-Haul vehicles. Now, they investigation is still ongoing. Now, but it looks like they possibly owned the franchise, the U-Haul location there, in in the past, and recently sold it. But they decided to take matters into their own hands, camp out in a U-Haul vehicle, and wait until they saw the alleged suspects. And when they started out, my clients were were black. They just opened fire and just came to the determination that these two gentlemen must be the thieves that vandalized their property sometime before. So,
6: so, so basically, uh, so, so basically, Kendrick, y- y'all, y'all, the latest Trayvon Martin and Charles, Charles, uh, you can speak as well. So essentially, oh, so crime happened before. Oh, we see t- black people. Oh. That's them. Same thing happened with Trayvon. Same thing happened with
12: Ahmaud Arbery. I just want to say really quick, and Charles, you can chime in here that um, these gentlemen could have easily been the next Ahmaud Arbery. Um Our prayers go out to that family, but thank God that these two gentlemen weren't the next casualties. The 10 year old son of Charles McMillan could have easily been the next Trayvon Martin. And what we're seeing is this wave of anti-black vigilantism, where white people wanna, that are racist, want to take matters into their own hands, become the the cop, the judge, the jury, and executioner, all in one moment. Go ahead,
6: go ahead, um, uh, Charles.
9: And I definitely agree. Um, these guys, they were prepared to pretty much take on a war of uh, multiple people. Once um, once they figured out that someone was there, they just decided to start shooting with no remorse, not alone. The police was probably not even five to ten yards away from them. And they started shooting, didn't even look and see the police there. So it's just a sad situation, and like like Charles said, um, for something to hit this close to home, and my son to experience this, I, I still can't understand it. And it was over a week ago.
6: So, how have you had to explain to your child what happened?
9: It's hard. Um, he has questions. Uh, right now, we're we're seeking a professional. Um, therapy and counseling for him and us both. Um, but he has a lot of questions. He don't understand it a lot because he's that son that wants to be just like his father. So um, he don't see no wrong in my eyes. He don't see that I can do no wrong, so he want to be just like me. So he definitely don't understand why this could have happened to us.
6: Kendrick uh, and Charles G. I mean, this is the thing that people don't talk about, that when black people go through this, It's traumatic. It's PTSD. Nobody wants to have a gun pulled. Nobody wants to have gunshots fired at them, knowing full well that you could have been shot or even killed. Nobody wants to have to sit here and be slammed up against a car uh, by cops. Nobody wants to be accosted by racist white folks yelling and screaming at them. That's stuff white folks don't have to go through. And you now have to live with that uh, every
12: day for the rest of your life. Well, when Mr. McMillan came into my office, um, one of the concerns that we talked about is, uh, he says, what happens when my son moves away out of the house? What happens when he has to run a U-Haul? What happens when he moves into his college dorm or gets married and moves into his first home? And that 10-year-old child has to live with that for the rest of his life. Um, at the end of the day, we put this thing into proper context, the way these gentlemen were stereotyped. Mr. McMillan rented that U-Haul, transporting office furniture from one business location to another business location, and to have his son around him, shadowing him in that moment, and it's an end in gunfire, it is still puzzling, and I can only imagine what him and his family are going through. And what Mr. Clemens and his family are going through as well.
6: Um, Charles uh, McMillan, final comment. Charles and Kendrick. I should... So I'll, uh, Charles McMillan and then Kendrick Clemens, your final comment.
12: Well, I'll start by saying that um, it's important that your stories are told because unfortunately what we've seen since the days of Emmett Till is that usually – um, the victims no longer get to tell their side of the story. And fortunately here, um, my clients were able to escape and were able to tell their side of the story. If they were shot, then we'll just hear from this couple that will paint them as dogs uh, or or whatever. Yeah. Um, I just want
9: justice and um, this case or. Is case treated fairly um, with what these people have done to us.
1: Uh, I just want to say I don't like the fact that they got out of jail on a free card. That's just what it is for me. Uh, you know, if I pulled a gun and shot at anyone or did anything like that, I probably would still be in jail right now. So for them to go first appearance and get, you know, pretrial release with no GPS, no monitoring, no... You know, that's just a slap in our face. That, that shows that this justice system don't show that our lives matter. You know, and this is why I said that Black Lives Matter is not just a movement. It's a way of life for, you know, millions of people around this country. So I think that the justice we want to see is, 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 is it has to prevail. You know, that, that's what I want to see.
6: Gentlemen, I certainly appreciate it. Uh, good luck uh, in your pursuits. Thank you so very much.
12: Thank
6: you. All right, folks. It's been a minute. Y'all know what time it is? No charcoal grills are
10: allowed. I'm white. Yeah, I got you, uh-huh. you yeah, um, Illegally selling water without a permit on my property. Whoa! Hey! Remember, you don't live here. I'm
6: uncomfortable. All right, a black man is working out while on uh, while supervising a group of teens training on a track. Hey, y'all always got to have a couple of crazy white folks who screw it all up.
11: Come on, sir. Let him do his workout. Leave him alone. It, it doesn't. He can move down there. What difference does this it is, is,
10: This is this is tragic. Tragic. But, I I know. So you're gonna kick her off too? How come
11: you're just bothering him? We. Uh, I know. So she can stay, but he can't. Why don't you just go around him? Leave him alone.
10: Why do we have to go around him? Why he can't
11: move down here like everyone everyone else? Uh, He's not. Leave him just do your workout. Leave him alone. Okay, you. There you go. Don't okay, but you're coming. You. All right, but leave him alone. So you're are you a judge? You're honest. I'm not a judge. Right. So you're the. One I'm walking here minding my own business. Oh, you're not. Right. That's not. Right. No,
10: you're not. You're no. You're harassing you this man. What is what is you? This, you guy it, this guy standing it, in the track. Escalate. Let's help you How am I harming? Okay. You're on the track. You're a whole track. you are not going to tell me what to do? We've had 52 years. 52 years. Everyone's minding their own business. Is this? I Nobody cares. I Why you harassing Your people. So Why? Who cares when you graduated? Go do your thing, you sir. Your business, you need to, because right. you're the one that's causing a problem.
11: Shame on you all. Just leave. Shame on you. You don't even know the rule. What are
13: you He's getting out of the track? Here. The problem is you're standing in the truck. What are, what Everyone else track? walks What's out okay here. Everyone is else can there? walk out here. What are you? What'd you say, sweetheart? We get this so word, okay number, so eight. There. number eight. Number exactly. eight. Exactly. It's okay, okay for you we to we do want. it, but not for the gentlemen. Jumping jacks, doing push-ups. But you
11: don't say anything to the little girl. My okay. lord, he didn't
10: say anything okay. to my little girl. Of course not, oh, but girl. she's on the he track, too. That's Do me. not lie. Do not lie. That's Please. my question. Why is it okay for you're me to stand here? but he's, he's standing in the, the same way, no, you you're
11: standing here. Little girl, baby. No, she wasn't. She was right here with him. Shame on you. Just go away. No. He lied down there on the track, and he
10: walked.
13: This is what he United says. States. You don't own a lane. That's go. right. You don't, don't walk go go all here. here. I'll do my push-ups here. I'll do sure. whatever I
11: want, man. Sure. But this is a track. Where do your push-ups and no one will bother you. Why does no everyone, one, do? everyone else does, does
5: their stuff you? down there, lady. If you are you lane eight, stop. just say lane eight and go get out the way. No, he doesn't. He stood here the whole time. But there's nothing wrong with
10: standing here. Yeah, there is. This is a running track. And if someone is
11: going the way, you just move the
10: Why do I have to move? I know he I
11: come here to run and walk. And there are all these We're other lanes. about the law, About the social Sweetheart, sweetheart, walk, walk around. Come over here. Everyone else wants We're to walk down
10: here and work out. Am I doing Let's anything go. wrong? Let's go. You hear yeah, me? That's a great idea. Are you I don't the know? police? How do, you know? do, you know? do you know who I am? you? Do you know who
13: Nobody cares who you are. No way, man. United States of America. I'm not going nowhere. Not if I want to I stay, stay out here till 5 o'clock in the morning, I okay, can say so don't tell me go, go anywhere. Have we asked you
10: to walk. leave? Do you notice you're only targeting one person? See? Now stop oh talking. no stop talking. Never achieve you are wrong I told you
7: you know what he's going
10: to do. You know what he's you? trying and to do. Right, right now. You what are you talking about? Trump no 2020. Right. Donald We Trump, all knew that. We Trump. Trump 2020. Get on
13: go, Biden. Those are Bidens.
6: Probably that last part right there explained it all, Mustafa. Trump 2020, Trump 2020. That was just stupid. Like, like you're you're upset because you want to run in lane eight. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven other lanes. <laughs> it's two people: white man and an Asian woman. <laughs> Y'all needs, y'all, y'all are hell hell bent on lane eight. First of all, anybody who runs track knows that's the last lane your ass want to run in. Lane eight, lane one, lane one and lane two, lane, lane one, lane eight are the worst lanes to run in track. If your ass want to actually run in track, you run in lanes four and five.
5: I mean, this this is so ludicrous. I mean, <laughs> privilege, let me just call it out. White privilege is intoxicating, and it gets people to do some ridiculous stuff. I mean, I ran track in college, and like you said, Lane 1 and Lane 8, and you definitely don't want to be there because that means that you probably are not that good. But the other part is that that track is 400 meters. So you're telling me out of 400 meters that you've got to focus on this little teeny tiny area of maybe 2 meters that this is where you say that this is yours (laughs) and you know we can debate why people feel that it's theirs but i'm pretty sure that all the folks in that community are paying taxes so that they can utilize that public facility but again it's about privilege and you know people see that no folks are not just going to allow them to to push them around and move out of the way when they feel that this is supposed to be theirs
6: uh that's a reason this segment's called Crazy Ass White People. They pretty much um, said it all right there in terms of their actions. Huge ass track, and you act as a fool. And right, talk, I ain't saying nothing to the little white girl. Little white girl standing right there. I ain't saying nothing to her, but we gonna target the black dude. So, Roland, not only
2: did you point out the worst two lanes to travel in on a track. It's also important to note that you didn't see anybody else out there. So this wasn't a busy track. This wasn't so many people that the guy, the the white guy couldn't move into another lane, that it was, that it wasn't that type of situation at all. He saw someone on the track, someone black on this black man on the track, and he decided to make hay out of something that is really, really ridiculous. Now. If we saw the guy, the black guy, and this could be the black tax that we have on each other, where we don't want to feel, we don't want to get out of pocket because then things will end up turning on us. But the black guy was essentially silent; he didn't say a whole lot. The person who was holding the camera is the one who did a lot of the talking. But a white,
6: a white woman, a white woman,
2: right? Why it was a white woman who actually did the talking. The fact is, is that if it were me the likelihood of the guy, especially when he came in my face, he would, there. I probably would have had some type of assault charge at that point because he wouldn't have been in my face at all. But I understand definitely from the brother's point of view, let me not make a big deal out of this because I could end up the one in jail or shot. So I totally get that. But this is one of those where you better get up out of my face because something is something is about to go down. Because that was clear. My I would have been screaming from the top of my lungs the entire time, you are a racist. You are. Every time he said something, my response would be, you are a racist. I would have continued to say that. And the fact that you had a little white girl who had the, the, the wherewithal, the, the governor's of mind to say that I'm being treated differently than the black guy here. You already know that if it's a small child that can witness this, then you own some BS. That's what you own.
9: Kelly?
7: Um, everything's been said. I just it it is amazing to me how you feel so entitled to to be in a public space like that and, and basically try and stake your territory as if you own it. As if it's yours. Like it, 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 the caucasity of it all really is just is just amazing to me. It astounds me. But all that time that he spent berating and trying to you know stake his claim on the worst lane and track, uh, he could have done his workout. He could have finished his workout. Same with the Asian lady who was coming to his defense. I don't know if they're together, married, whatever. But I mean, it. This is stupid. This is really, really dumb. And take your ass and go and work out. It, knew it. Everybody knew it except this, you know, racist white man and a comp- an accomplice uh person of color. Like this this was this was dumb.
6: Yo. Racist I,
2: Asian woman. We can say it. Racist Asian
6: woman. Oh, That's I yeah, I ain't got Like Either way. I ain't got a problem saying it. I ain't got a problem saying it. I'm tired of the racist. I'm tired of people acting the fool, and and y'all talked about that. I had to find this video, I I got, so did y'all see this video on Instagram? Um, So, same thing. What you gonna do in here with everybody here, man? What you gonna do? Oh, let me go back up. Listen. (sighs)
10: What you gonna do, boy?
6: your mouth. <laughs> I keep, look, I keep I keep telling, look, folk not going to just let you say whatever you want to say. I ain't inciting violence. I'm not. All I'm saying is, I'm telling you, if these folk stand up here and they keep saying crazy stuff, ass whippings are going to follow. I, 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 I'm, I'm all for
2: it. That was a much-deserved one. I'm glad that he got that hit in, because after I heard, boy, I was saying to myself, oh, boy, he's about to get hit. No,
6: here's another one. Here's another one. It was a a Trump rally, and, and my man in red ran up against the wrong brother. Watch this. Hey, hey, hey.
10: I ain't gonna lie, man She just got Hey, hey, hey Oh my God
6: You you see that Trump flag? They should just put that flag and lay it over his ass and what we, I, I believe, what we saw
2: in this instance is that the white guy actually launched. It seemed as if he actually launched at that black guy first, and to me, that seems like a, his response was a justified <laughs> rope a dope response after that.
6: So they should have laid that flag uh, on his ass because he, he got knocked. He got
2: knocked.
6: He laid
7: prostrate at the altar of our ancestors, like he like. Where's Masty Claw?
6: Again, hey, again, Mustafa, look, I, I am not listen. I'm not trying to incite violence. But what I am no. saying, what I am saying, Mustafa, they keep rolling up against the wrong black people. Black people, that brother in that video we showed, the brother in the convenience store. Brother was saying, I ain't trying to go there. I ain't trying to go there. I ain't trying to go there. I want to mind my business. But then he said, boy, the brother, y'all, y'all, remember the video, watch the video. The brother, he, the brother stood there. He stood there. He was like, let me do it. Let me show DL. Let me show, let me go back to DL again. Here's DL. I want, I, I got this from DL Hughley's timeline. So I'm, I'm just trying to show y'all. The brother was like, What you gonna do, calm. Let me turn my back. Look at my, my item, Get your ass up I'm, there. Get right your there. there. Get your ass up there, right there. See the, the Mustafa? I, I'm showing this for a reason. Black people are not trying to fight people, but your ass crossed that line. Stuff don't happen.
5: Well, uh, you got Trump. Got folks believing that it is 1940. 1950, 1960 again. And that's not the reality that we are living in. You know, we are free, <laughs> black folks. Uh, and if you roll up on us, uh, in the words of Fridays, you got knocked the out.
6: Uh, I, I'm just trying to tell these people, stop, stop. We showed a video a few weeks ago. They in a store. Black woman tried to, she tried to be calm. White woman kept messing with her. She kept pushing, kept, then she's called nigga. Sister said, call me nigga one more time. Mm-hmm. And the white woman went, nigga, nigga, nigga. And then she began to pummel her ass. And then, she, and then she was whooping her. I told you, don't call me that. Kelly, I, look, I'm warning. Look, don't let Trump get your ass whooped. Listen, I.
7: I am all for equal rights and left hooks. I do not care. Um, my friends will tell you, I am a very calm individual. I am not necessarily a pacifist, but you know, for all intents and purposes, let's just use that word when it comes to my demeanor and how I navigate the world. Because I know I have an extensive enough vocabulary to basically talk myself out of any situation that could possibly require violence. If I use all the words that I know, and you still are trying to instigate something, and I feel compelled to put my hands on you, I was trained not to let you come back up. So please be warned. I am not the only one who was like that. I was not taught to fight and expect the other person to get back up. The guy who was laid prostrate at the altar, that's how you're supposed to stay as far as I'm concerned. Because if you cannot use your words or leave the situation entirely, what are you getting back up for? To do it again? I don't think so.
6: All right, y'all, let me go to commercial break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about a uh, conservative radio talk show host in Pittsburgh who was taken off the air because she actually said, yo, y'all should shoot protesters." We'll talk with a conservative uh, uh, a conservative out of Pittsburgh to give us the latest on what's happening there. That's next to Roland Martin Unfiltered.
2: What's up? This is Aldous
1: Hodge, and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered.
7: Hey, everybody, it's your girl, Sherry Shepard, and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Hey, Roland.
1: There's Tim Story, director of Chad. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. What up, y'all? This is Method Man, Mighty Mutant Clan. You watching Uncle Roland Martin, and the show is unfiltered. Make sure y'all tune in.
6: Laura Ingram, you suck. As our community comes together to support the fight against racial injustice, I want to take a second to talk about one thing we can do to ensure our voices are heard. Not tomorrow, but now. Have your voices heard in terms of what kind of future we want by taking the 2020 census today? at 2020census.gov. Now folks, let me help you out. The census is a count of everyone living in the country. It happens once every 10 years. It is mandated by the US Constitution. The thing that's important is that The census informs funding, billions of dollars, how they are spent in our communities every single year. I grew up in Clinton Park in Houston, Texas, and we wanted wanted new parks and roads and a senior citizen center. Well, the census helps inform all of that and where funding goes. It also determines how many seats your state will get in the US House of Representatives. Young black men and young children of color are historically undercounted which means a potential loss of funding or services that helps our community. Folks, we have the power to change that. We have the power to help determine where hundreds of billions in federal funding go each year for the next 10 years. Funding that can impact our community, our neighborhoods, and our families and friends. Folks, responses are 100% confidential and can't be shared with your landlord, law enforcement, or any government agency. So please take the 2020 census today. Shape your future. Start at 2020census.gov. So folks, yeah. up Black-owned company founded my ba- Mary Spiel. They got a couple of great products, folks. So this is their virtual reality headset. Allows for you to actually uh, pop this open. You drop your cell phone right into here. Close it up, and then you're able to watch VR content right here with this headset. So actually, it's pretty cool. So you don't know, just put it on. And then it's it's how it looks. And so uh, what then happens, you can watch the content that's on Seat.com. And trust me, it's pretty cool when you sit here and you feel like you're actually in the room. And so you can also watch 360-degree video uh, on YouTube or uh, your own video as well. So with these headsets right here. Then, of course, they have their 360-degree 4D headphones, uh, which are great. Uh, They have this uh, microphone you can attach uh, to this uh, for gamers uh, who want to actually uh, use this while they're also playing That's fell down there then you uh, then you also have that's that's the headset then also their bluetooth looking to music uh so i, I listen to when i go walking uh i love listening to a great bass again a 360 degree travels across your head if you want to order one or both of these uh or even you want to subscribe to seek.com go to ceek.com use the promo code right here rm vip 2020 VIP 2020 uh, to uh, get these products, certainly make for great gifts. And so we certainly appreciate them being a partner here at Roland Martin Unfiltered, uh, where we also support black entrepreneurs uh, who are also doing some great things. And so to Mary Spee on her team, thanks a bunch for that. All right, y'all, let's talk about, speaking of radio, a controversial radio host at KDKA Radio in Pittsburgh She's sitting ass at home right now. She's been taken off the air indefinitely. The decision to take Wendy Bell off the air comes after a clip of her advocating for park rangers to shoot protesters went viral.
10: My easy solution for the park rangers and hopefully snipers who are going to be watching for this is to shoot on co- shoot on site, shoot, Done. No more messing with monuments. You want to mess with a monument? Done. Get out.
6: Hmm. Well, Wendy now is on indefinite suspension. Joining us right now is Lenny McAllister. Uh, Lenny's a conservative, director of Western Pennsylvania for Commonwealth Foundation. Uh, Lenny, uh, this has gotten lots of attention there in Pittsburgh. Now, first of all, has she been fired or is she suspended indefinitely without pay? What's the status?
0: As of right now, Okay, ho- ho- suspended. They were supposed to have a protest at KDK KDKA studios today, but only about 15 people showed up, so that didn't go as well as her supporters would have hoped that it did go. So as of right now, from what I'm hearing, is she'll be off the air for the rest of the week. So in essence, she got Friday off. She was going to probably have Labor Day off anyway. She's probably going to be off the rest of this week, and a determination will be made after that.
6: Uh, the th- thing that jumps out again, th- this whole notion of... Oh, wait a minute, so... Th- so conservatives like her, they love the Second Amendment, but they don't like the First Amendment.
0: Or, or due process or anything else that comes with those Bill of Rights. And the, the shocking thing about that, Roland, is I did my shows at KDKA from that same microphone when I was a host on KDKA not that long ago. And I know what it was like to be a conservative on a, on a station that by and large leans a little bit to the left, depending on the host. So people are trying to make this out to be conservative versus liberal. But the truth of the matter is, if you're a constitutional conservative, you believe in due process, innocent until proven guilty. Let the criminal justice system deal with any type of law breaking. Unfortunately, fascism is fascism. And what she's asking for is basically justice on site, which is the epitome of what people are talking about with police and other type of renegade forces, judge, jury and executioner that we've been seeing in the streets for quite some time. It plays right into that narrative. And unfortunately, people have played right past that. And they're trying to make this about whether they're taking off a Trump supporter off the air when it has nothing to do with that.
6: Well, and again, I mean, she's saying shoot them on sight. I mean, so, yeah. I mean, this is a woman advocating for state sanctioned violence
0: against Americans without due process which is a constitutional right for every single American citizen regardless of how guilty or how much in the act you are caught again let's not talk about all the different assailants that have been caught after committing violent crimes here in Pennsylvania Eric Frye had killed two police officers two state troopers and was brought in you know unmarked he's in a jail cell right now went through the criminal justice system was found guilty We have plenty of cases like that, but then when you have this as an advocacy, something that's being said, and again, you know, she said stuff similar to this in some instances on her personal Facebook page, but to say this in the KDKA studio, which is supposed to be the quote-unquote voice of Pittsburgh, a radio station that's the oldest in North America, and to advocate for this type of violence, it's un-American and it's uncalled for, and I'm glad she's off the air.
6: Um, you have folks uh, who uh, despise protesters. We've heard this sort of language before. Uh, And again, you have this. It it amazes me when I hear conservatives, especially those on Fox News and conservative radio talk show hosts love talking about all the victimization of black people. These are some of the, the biggest people who swear they're victims. Oh, I'm being attacked because I'm conservative or I'm Republican or I support Trump. no. You literally looked into the camera and said, take them out. Shoot protesters.
0: Yeah, it, it's unfortunate. That's on, that's on her. The- that's on her. Yeah. And as you well know, Roland, there's a lot of conservatives that hate the victimization of black America. And they'll they'll say that black people feel like they're too victimized, et cetera, et cetera. But the very first card they play and in a debate is I'm being victimized because I'm a conservative. This is part of the card that's being played right now with some of her supporters online. And it's just egregious. And it's it's you cannot you have a responsibility. We all know this on the air we have a responsibility to speak a certain way. You can be provocative, you can push the envelope, you can say things that other people may not say in order to get them to think, but you cannot advocate for violence. And if you're a constitutional conservative, you're never supposed to be able to talk outside the realms of the constitution, because that's when you start getting into the extra American things. That's when you start talking about socialism, communism, or fascism. And it's amazing how in these modern times, even with somebody like Wendy Bell, my fascism is fine. Your fascism is un-American. Because that's basically what she's saying and a lot of what her supporters are saying right now. And I say none of the fascism is right. Either we have a constitution or we don't. And that's exactly why people are protesting in the streets today.
6: Uh, well, uh, she should be off the air. Let's see if they actually take her off it uh, uh, completely. We'll see. All right, Lady McAllister, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot.
0: Thank you. God bless.
6: Appreciate it. Uh, Kelly, should she come back on the air?
7: No. What she did was unconstitutional, period. This isn't about, like you said, this is not about political party lines. This is about you literally violating your own protection being the First Amendment. Um, Basically, you can say almost whatever you want under First Amendment protections, but for inciting violence. And that's exactly what she did. And considering her base and her audience, I don't know what the numbers are in terms of ratings and how wide her audience is. But the fact that she said that at all, I don't care if it's to one person, you violated the First Amendment constitutional protection for free speech by doing so. So, no, she should not be back on the air. What she did was jeopardize the integrity of the First Amendment and other radio hosts who do uh, uh, programming such as Shock Value. Like I'm thinking, you know, like Howard Stern and even Rush Limbaugh, things like that. I haven't heard Rush Limbaugh say anything like that either. And he's, he you know, he's something in the Conservative Party. So, the fact that she said something so. No, nah, uh,
6: Russia says some ignorant stuff.
7: Huh? He, I mean, he has. He has. But I, I personally do not recall him saying outright, you know, blatantly say, shoot some protesters. Now, if he has, I stand corrected. I mean, he,
6: he said uh, he too. said other stuff. But Mustafa, stay That's go. That's what I'm
7: saying. Like, you can say what you want. Don't incite violence.
6: Right. Mustafa. Uh, must, right. Mustafa, stay or, stay or go.
5: She has to go. But the question is, why did KDKA actually hire her when she had been fired before by WTAE? You know, uh, they saw uh, the things that she said and they decided to fire her. So no one did their due diligence before they hired her for KDKA.
6: All right, um uh, millet, stay go?
2: Yeah, she has to go. And I think, and that's something that Lenny was actually talking about, there is a responsibility that, that it's different between, I, I don't advocate it regardless. I'm always pushing back on people, even online, who, ab- who advocate for um, violence or praise, or getting happy because someone died or is ill or something like that. But when you have a platform, you have a responsibility and that's why I'm careful not to advocate for any type of violence. What she did was advocate for violence. I'm sure her defense is that, I was just trying to be provocative. Well, you don't. You shouldn't have the space for that type of provocatism because that is literally advocating for violence. So no, she, she, she. Uh, I, and from my perspective, she lost the public's trust. And she should
6: not be in a forward-facing position like that again. All right, folks, Uh, talk about public trust, that of the folks uh, who lead police departments, that matters. A black woman is going to lead Kentucky's Louisville Metro Police Department. Mayor Greg Fisher announced that Yvette Gentry will be serving as interim chief for the department, this comes after the fatal shooting of Brianna Taylor in March. Gentry is a former Louisville Metro Police Deputy Chief. She retired from the force in 2014. She'll be the first woman and first and the third African American to serve as chief of the Louisville Metro Police. Speaking of other, uh, actions. Uh, that is this headline right here, uh, and actually I'm going to show the photo folks. Uh, um, first of all, here's the headline, Rochester police chief resigns after accusations of cover up in prude case, Rochester's mayor said the police chief and the entire police command were stepping down days after the state attorney general and a grand jury will look into the death of Daniel prude. Uh, now, uh, Leron Singletary is the police chief there, uh, uh, in uh, uh, he's the police chief who's stepping down. Yes, he's African American. This is the police chief of Rochester, New York. Daniel Prude, of course, was the uh, mentally unstable man uh, who brother called, whose brother called the cops because uh, he was uh, acting up. They put uh, a bag over his head and they suffocated him. This took place in March, and so uh, there have been protests happening ever since then. As a result. And so that's where that's what he uh, so he is out, and the top command is out as well. Uh, so we'll see what happens next in Rochester. Let's go to Dallas. Renee Hall, she is out as police chief. This is a photo of her. She submitted her resignation to the city manager of Dallas uh, today. This is her letter. Please accept this letter as official notification of my resignation as a chief of police for the city of Dallas, effective November 10th, 2020. Uh, She she said, over the last few months, I have received a number of inquiries about future career opportunities. As you can imagine, for many reasons, I must keep my next career step confidential. Let me assure you that I will remain committed to my true calling, which is law enforcement. She has been under heavy scrutiny in Dallas because of a rise in crime. Also, uh, because of uh, a a protest that took place downtown a number of businesses uh, had a severe damage. Uh, she was faulted by the city council for allowing that to, that to happen or allowing police not to step in and stop the damage from taking place. And so uh, those are the actions there. All right, folks, uh, let's now go to some viral ads that have been circulating on, on social media. Uh, let's talk and we'll talk about them on the other end. So uh, here is the first viral ad. Folks, that's not it. That ain't it. Thank you. That's it. Here we go.
13: I enlisted in the U.S. Army Air Corps in World War II. I was on baton. We fought the good fight with what we had, and it wasn't enough. I was a prisoner of war slave laborer for 42 months. We were forced to perform unbelievably brutal manual labor. That was probably one of the worst conditions a human being can be put in. He's not a war hero. He's a war hero. I like people that weren't captured, OK? I hate to tell you. None of the fellows that I served with, who are no longer with us, are suckers. They are not losers. Donald Trump disrespects everyone who served in the military. What's worse, he lies about it. We need to vote Donald Trump out of office, and we need to vote out any politicians if they continue to support Donald Trump. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other
10: things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard.
13: Mr. Gorbachev, Tear down this wall.
10: We will
6: respond with that timeless creed that sums up the spirit of a people. Yes, we can.
1: Let me say I take full responsibility for my own
13: actions and for those of my administration. Where mistakes have been made, the responsibility rests with me. The buck stops with me. The W... Ho China. The governors. their new hopes. New York should be fine. The last administration. Fake news. The deep state department. Don't ask me. Ask China. Your governor of Michigan. The previous administration. Obama game. The experts got it wrong. No, I don't take responsibility at all. the system better than me does
3: djt have npd can you handle it i don't think some of the best minds in psychiatry have claimed publicly that president donald j trump suffers from narcissistic personality disorder i'm the best in business i'm sexually the best
4: they're talking about penis sizes
3: no empathy everything has to refer to me he's paranoid but why trust the experts when you can examine him yourself According to the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, those with narcissistic personality disorder exhibit the following traits. An exaggerated sense of self-importance.
13: The one that matters is me.
3: A preoccupation with fantasies of unlimited success. I've
13: been very successful. Everybody loves me. Power. I have the right to do whatever I want as president. Brilliant. Putin did call me a genius. Beauty or
3: ideal love. And
13: when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab them by the
3: The belief that they are special. I am the chosen one. And should associate with only
13: other high status people.
6: This has been, in particular, a great friendship.
3: Those with NPD require excessive admiration. It was the
13: biggest standing ovation since Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl. Are
3: intrapersonally
13: exploitative. I love Mexican people.
3: I've had thousands of
13: Mexicans working for me. They
3: show contemptuous behavior.
13: Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh,
3: have a sense of entitlement.
13: I'm really rich.
3: And lack empathy. A thousand Americans are dying a day. It is what it is. So you tell me, do you think DJT has NPD?
5: President Trump skipped a visit to a cemetery where thousands of American war dead are at rest.
3: Why should I go to that cemetery? It's filled with losers. Trump referred to the more than 1,800 Marines who lost their lives at Wood as
13: suckers for getting killed. He's not a war hero. He's a war hero because he was captured. I like people that weren't captured.
5: He suggested ballots cast by active duty members of the military should not be counted in Florida.
3: A bombshell report accusing Russia of offering bounties to the Taliban to kill American soldiers in Afghanistan. President Trump denied he was ever briefed on the
5: allegations. The White House was briefed and knew about the Russian plan to kill American soldiers a year sooner. You had a phone call with Vladimir Putin. Did you bring up this issue?
13: We did not discuss that, no. And you've never discussed it with him? I have never discussed it with him, no. It's because yeah. you don't believe the intelligence, that's why. Uh...
6: Folks, 55 days until Election Day, November 3rd. Uh, Of course, we need to make sure you want you to make sure that you are registered to vote. Uh, I got a text message uh, over the weekend from someone out of Houston who watches our show. Uh, He said, thank God for your show. Uh, He said, "Uh, I was registered. I actually have uh, a registration card. Because I watched your show, I went to vote.org, checked my registration, and I wasn't registered. He said, I had gotten purged. So, folks, listen to me. Heed these warnings. Double check. We saw what happened in Georgia. We had Greg Palace on the show. where they uh, Were they purged? Were they purged? Uh, More than 300,000 people in Georgia, almost 70% of those that got purged were wrong. So please go to vote. Come on, show it, please. Go to vote.org. You can right there, check your registration. You can also register to vote. You can vote by mail. You can also fill out the 2020 Census form. This is important because we cannot allow ourselves to get screwed when it comes to this election. And so I need us to actually do that uh, and stay focused. Purging is real, and I want people to understand that. Uh, let me thank uh, our panel for today. Uh, Kelly, thank you so very much. Mustafa, Malik as well. Thank you for being with us. Uh, we're going to keep pushing this. People get registered, check your registration. We don't want there to be any drama. All right, y'all. Friday, we, of course, had our anniversary. Our we, Friday marked our second anniversary of Roland Martin Unfiltered. And so what we wanted to do, we wanted to sort show, show of have a throwback. So have a throwback for you, okay, uh, on the show. And so we, uh, and you see, we'd we'll be running the, the various uh, folks, uh, you know, celebrities who, uh, who gave us shout-outs, things along those lines. But y'all might remember, this is one of the best. Roll unfiltered. Roll it. Y'all know what time it is.
10: No are alive. I'm white. Yeah, I got you, Carl water with our permit on my
6: property. Don't I'm uncomfortable. So we ran up against another Karen Gregg in a convenience store. And let's just say Reese, she got a little bold. She got uh, a little loose with the language. Uh and Erica, let's just say she met Layla Ali. <laughs> I'm not my car.
10: My husband is right there with his black okay. ass. I'm twelve. Okay, I'm in I don't give a fuck. All I said was excuse me. No fucks, Watch your mouth. Watch your fucking mouth. I said excuse okay, me. I said, excuse okay, I said excuse, excuse me, me. Excuse and you got not have a room excuse with me. You got not have a room me. with me. I said, That's what the fuck me. i know. I said, Watch your me. fucking mouth. Excuse me. I'm the wrong nigger. I'm the wait, wrong nigger. I'll wait. beat your ass in this motherfucking store. What I'll beat God. your ass.
6: Boy, well, you know she had the nurse to sit
11: up there and say, all I said was, excuse me. Now, bitch, you called her the N-word and she mollywopped you as she should. Mm-hmm. And to the bystander talking about, I hate to get in the middle of it, but she's down. So what? Knock her down some more because people need to learn. I'm tired of all these docile videos going viral where people let these white folks talk to them any all kind of way, and everybody applauds
7: them for how gracious they are and oh you were so poised and oh you just kept your composure. No, sometimes you need to knock some sense into some of these folks, and she got the sense knocked into her that day.
6: Great, I, we keep. We keep warning them. We keep y'all gonna run up against the wrong one, and it ain't gonna it, it ain't gonna end well, brother.
4: In July 1919, Claude McKay published his poem "If We Must Die." Mm-hmm. Let us nobly die. <laughs> and when she says call 911 and tell them, she's saying you crossed the threshold where I don't even care about any consequences call whoever you want and like like you said like we've been saying now for years at this point you've been running crazy ass white people she said the thing we always say one day you're going to roll up on the right one she said i am the right one. Right. Hey, but there's so much but there's so much going on in that video, brother. I mean the ironies. Here this white woman is with a mask on. Here this sister is without a mask on. And you're looking at this and so when she when she hits her The whole thing is triggered by that white woman standing there and you can see the wheels turning in her mind. Am I going to make a stand for my white nationalism and call this (laughs) woman the N-word one more time? And when she finally decides to do it, she gets squared up and gets that two-piece, bang, bang. And like when the man says, she's down, that sister right there has not only put herself in danger, but I'll end with this. Like Claude McKay, when he wrote, If We Must Die, it was during the red summer, brother. The big conflagration that happened in Chicago that summer, the race war that took place in Chicago, it is attested that they were throwing rocks at a black kid trying to swim in the in the river, in Lake Michigan, and they start throwing rocks at him, and next thing you know, everything sets off. It might be a fist fight like that that sends this country up in flames, brother. That's how close we are. Absolutely. Say, I better back up.
6: All right! Shout out to Keenan White and our digital team for uh, pulling t- together uh, the best of Roller Mart Unfiltered. We're going to be showing that each and every single day this week, uh, and so we're uh, looking forward to that as well. So uh, out of all the people on the team, Keenan has actually been with me the longest. Uh, we worked together when I was ra- when I ran a Chicago Defender, and so uh, so we certainly appreciate uh, all the work that he does for the show, folks. Uh, that's it. We got to go. We hope you enjoyed Roller Mart Unfiltered. We have uh, have done. Uh, some great stuff. Really looking forward to uh, beginning our third year. We want to thank all of you for joining us as well. If you want to join our Bring the Funk fan club, this is what you got to do. Simply go to uh, our cash app, dollar sign RM Unfiltered, paypal.me forward slash Martin unfiltered, uh, venmo.com is forward slash RM Unfiltered. You can also send a money order to New Vision Media NU, Vision Media Inc., 1625 K Street, Northwest, Suite 400, Washington, D.C., 2006. Uh, course, our goal by the end of the year is to get 20,000 of our fans to join our Bring the Funk fan club. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can give right there as well. Uh, Our goal is to get uh, folks to give 50 bucks each. Comes out to $4.19 a month, 13 cents a day for you to support what we do here at Roland Martin Unfiltered. So your dollars make it possible for us to be able to build and grow, and that's what we're all about. We've had a heck of a two years, and we look forward to having a great third year. Don't forget, vote.org Uh, check your registration fill it out order get your mail in ballot also 2020census.gov fill it out because our dollars matter as well folks I shall see you tomorrow holla
2: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
3: My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In
2: response to attacks against Asian-Americans...